0: And today I have a word from God that I'm just it it blew my mind. Usually it takes me about three or four days just to study for the word. It takes another two days to write it. Then I send it to Pastor Martin, and then I gotta do all that work I did in five days and five hours because he just rips it apart and says this is undoctrinal, but that's what a father does. But today what we're going to start is a new sermon series called The The Point of Purpose. The Point of Purpose. The Point of Purpose. The reason why I believe that this sermon series is going to be so pivotal to who we are is because it's exactly who we are. When we are walking around the city and we run into people, people usually come to our church for one of three reasons. Now, this is the thing. When I say the reason and the reason that I'm saying resounds with your soul, I want you to raise your hand. Is that all right? Okay, here it is. One of the reasons that people come to AWC is because of the fact that they're tired of playing church and they want a real experience. Okay? Okay. This is what people say. This is not, we're not shoving words down their throat. Like, you know what I'm saying? This is the reason why when I go to uh, different uh, cities, I don't ask um, people where they eat. I ask people, where would you be embarrassed to take me? Because if you're embarrassed to take me there, but the food is smacking, I'm cool. I don't care if there's a couple roaches outside. By the way, if I go to Waffle House and it's clean, I'm walking out. If the person serving me doesn't have neck tattoos, has never had a DWI or whatever, like, I don't want you, no, no, no. You grew up in the suburbs at Waffle House, this is about to be the trashiest experience ever. It's part of the experience when your silverware is dirty. And don't change the Waffle House, I ain't coming for you. I'm about to be there, like, tonight, we're going to make it to Kansas City. Okay, number one is that people wanted um, a church experience that that wasn't fake. Second is that people wanted to go to a church where the people there expected the highest level for them. Like I, like here at AWC, we don't just want you to come and get saved. That's cool. Great. Awesome. Like we expect that you live your life at the highest level possible. Now, if you go to another church I don't know about you, but we're kind of annoying because people just want to hear about grace and mercy, right? But here, we're like grinding you because that's what the word of God says. It says that you're supposed to get ground down. Like, that's how you make wine. You have to press the grapes. And I don't know about you, but I thank God for the pressure. That's a sermon I'm going to talk about at some point in time. But it's the pressure that has made me who I am, right? Okay. Then there's a third one. The third reason why people come to AWC is because of the fact that they are actually interested in going to a church that looks like the city. where we have all of the cultures in the church. And and it might not be like, you know, an equal ratio. Like it might not be 50% this and 50% that and 50% that. Well, you can't have 350s as 150%. But anyway, I digress. Unless half of the half are mixed and they're two different, whatever. But the reason why you come to AWC is so that when you leave out of these doors, you actually have application that you can actually use in your life when you walk out. That's the reason why. But there are 7.6 billion people on the earth, and we're all asking the same question. Why am I here? So much so to the point that when people can't answer that question, they're killing themselves. Based on statistics, it says that one in 35 people don't know who they are. And if you do not actually communicate with them that they're worth something, one in those 35 people today is going to take their life. So look around the building. At least seven of them are in the room right now. Let's make this really, really, really real. That means that there's somebody in this room right now that's struggling with figuring out who they are, what they can do, where they're going. They have no reason why what happened to them at four happened. They don't know where they're going. Like, it's like, I'm just literally floating out here. So what that means is, is that if all of us are asking the same question, that means that there's only one answer. And the answer has nothing to do with what you do. It has everything to do with who you're becoming. Is it okay if I, if I preach real good today? Now, this is the thing. I studied way too good for you to be quiet today. Okay? Y'all show up. I'm prepared. You want me to be prepared. I only need seven of y'all. And if y'all in this front row, I'm just going to talk to y'all. Just, I, I just need 20 people that I know I'm preaching to this morning. I don't, and all the other folks, I'm just going to leave you alone. You can sit there with your arms folded. You can be uncomfortable. But I promise you this message is going to change your life. I promise you. Pastors right now are in Houston. They're at the Now Church. Uh, pastors, uh, Drs Adrian uh, Singleton. I'm so sorry. Uh, and. Chris, uh, uh, Dr. Crystal at the Now Church, Pastors Martin and Linnell, they're there in Houston. Um, so we send our love to you. We appreciate you. I think they're watching right now. Send me a text message. I'll probably get it late because this is latency. But we love you. We appreciate you. Um, and we send all of our love towards you that you would be taken care of. In Jesus' name, everybody said. Amen. Are y'all ready to go to the word? Yes. I have to show you something. Is it okay if I show you something that I found? Let's go to Luke 2. Luke 2. 45-47. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Can y'all read it for, with me? It says, when they did not find him, them is Mary and Joseph. Read it with me. When they did not find them, him, they went back to Jerusalem to look for who? Him. It's Jesus. That's who they're looking for. They went to search for him there. Next. When they, after three days, they found him in the temple courts. Sitting amongst the teachers, listening, and what? Everyone who heard him was amazed at his understanding and his answers. Next. After uh, oh, everyone who heard him was amazed at his, uh, at, at his understanding and his answers. When they did not find him, they went back to, oh, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm so sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm mixed up here. I'm just going to read from what I have here. I think, I, I'm, I think I'm mixed up. I, I, don't, I, don't, I, think I, I don't think I made the changes. Sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions, everyone who heard him was amazed at his understanding and his answers. When his parents saw him, they were astonished. Somebody say astonished. His mother said to him, son, why have you treated us like this? Somebody say, why have you treated me like this? Isn't it interesting that once you actually lock into who you're supposed to be, people that have been looking for you think that you locking in is doing something to them. Isn't that so interesting? I'm not, I'm not like, saying I don't want to come to dinner because I don't like you. I'm working on something. And I think that there's so many people here in the room, you spending so much time and energy apologizing to people for the things that you missed out on. Because like, I'm working on something that's more important than bonbons and, and, and coffee lattes. Like, I'm working on what's going to take me the rest of my life to complete. So I don't have any Saturdays to spare. Well, you're being antisocial. What does Jesus say to her? In the new King James chat, it says, like, didn't you know I I was supposed to be about my father's business? Like, isn't it interesting that you didn't have to go to, like, the drugstore to come and find me? Isn't it interesting that you didn't have to go to the crack house to come and find me? Like, you knew where I was going to be, and we, we bump over it. Like, they knew where to find Jesus. If Jesus is out here, maybe, we, we know he's one of, one, one of two places. He's either at the synagogue or he's with the monks. One of the best qualities about you that some people say is boring is actually that you're predictable. I'm realizing that all of the stuff about Joshua that nobody wanted to date because it wasn't exciting enough is actually the perfect thing for marriage. <laughs> Let me, <laughs> I felt something over there. Yeah, like, like knowing where I'm going to be, knowing the numbers that are in my phone, being boring, giving her all of my, like everything. Like, she, like 99% of the time when you respond to me on social media, like it's not my, it's not me, it's my wife. All of those things to girls that wanted to be my girlfriend was too much. But to my wife, it was perfect. So what does that mean? That means that many times in your life, you're switching up characteristics about yourself to attract people that aren't supposed to be your core. I'm teaching already. Jesus says, why are you tripping? I'm in one of two places. I'm either going to be at the house. I'm going to be with daddy because he's a carpenter, or I'm going to be in the synagogue. By the way, don't you remember that when you got pregnant, it was because of God. Yeah. Ooh, that's good. That is so good. But what Jesus ends up doing is he actually ends up obeying his mother, even though he knows that he's a son of God. Today, I'd like to talk to you about one simple title. I want you to teach it to the person that's next to you. And when you teach it, don't be surprised when they get up and sprint around the room. Here it is. Look at your neighbor and say, stop doing and become. This is the season where I'm stopped trying to do stuff, and I'm just going to be what I'm trying to do. I'm not going to do the stuff to become a better husband. I'm just going to be a better husband. Well, Pastor Joshua, how do you do that? I'm glad you asked. Let's go to the word. Philippians 4.13, my actual favorite um, translation of the Bible is the Amplified, but if we were to read the Amplified, we would be here all day. The Amplified takes one word, and it goes like this. You, all my older folks in the building that have a smartphone is what y'all do with y'all phone all the time because y'all can't see. You know, you spread it, and you get to see more clarity. That's what the Amplified does. It takes a magnifying glass to the word. Now, listen to this. This is how we usually read this, um, this, this message. Philippians 4.13. You should be able to quote it because it's the most misquoted scripture that kingdom citizens use on a day-to-day basis. What is it? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Now, the problem with this, this scripture is that usually we take what is holy and we try to attach it to what is actually our preference. Right? I think it's so interesting from the time of like 18 to 30, everybody hears from the Lord to move to L.A. Everybody like I got the call too. Hey, I feel something in my spirit. Santa Barbara is calling my hey, San Diego. I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. And what we do is we apply what is the truth about God to the insecurities of our lives. So we start businesses insecure. We get married insecure. And I'm just talking about my life. Like, yes, I love my wife, but there were some insecurities in Joshua that I didn't even know were there until I said I do. Is it okay if Joshua is is open and honest with you? But when we look at the scripture, all the things that you could do, you shouldn't. And all the things that you can do, you probably shouldn't either. Look at your neighbor and say, just because you can doesn't mean that you should Let's read the actual definition of what Philippians 4.13 says. It says, I can do all things which he has called me to do. Wait a minute. Whoa. I thought you meant to say I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me as long as I apply the scripture to what I want to do. Then it's holy. No, no, no. Purpose only works when you're doing what God has somebody say called you to. And God doesn't give multiple calling assignments to one person. You have, look at your neighbor and say one calling. One. You might have different functions, but all of those functions have to serve one calling. This is going to be so good to you. I can do all things which he has called me to do through what? Him who strengthens and empowers me to what? Fulfill his purpose. Wait a minute. For the past 26, 27 years, we've been teaching you that you have a purpose. I'd like to pop your bubble today and tell you you don't. What you are living out in your life was not a decision that you made out of clarity. It's not a decision that you made after a seven-day fast. It's not a decision that you made because you're skilled. The purpose that you're living out is not yours, but it's his. But if you think that it's yours, when things don't work out, you'll go into a season of doing stuff, and you won't become who he wants you to be. I'm teaching already. So God wants you to understand, stop doing stuff and just become what I've already finished. The word of God is so clear. It says to fulfill whose purpose? His purpose. To fulfill Joshua's purpose, to to fulfill Samantha's purpose, to to fulfill Pookie and Ray Ray's purpose. No, somebody say his purpose. I am self-sufficient in what? Christ's sufficiency. I am ready for anything and equal to anything through him who infuses me with inner strength and confident peace. Write this point down, please. There is a difference between what you're called to do And what you're purposed to become. Two different things. We have a bunch of younger people. That's why I was asking if the middle school students wanted to stay in. Maybe I could teach it to them later. We have a lot of people who are struggling with this conversation of purpose. And it's like a dartboard. We're throwing darts at what we think we're supposed to hit the middle. And all God wants you to do is just hit the board. So we spent our entire lives thinking that if we didn't hit the bullseye, that everything else doesn't work. But the problem is this. Nobody in this room made the right decision the first time for the rest of their life. Like, how many of you are living, living in, like, some mistakes that you've made? Like, I'm human. Like, I, there's nobody on the face of the planet that's ever played darts and hit the middle every single time. And if they did, you would probably say that they're cheating. So it's impossible For you to think that you can figure out why you're here and what you're supposed to do in your life by yourself. The strength and the peace comes from where? It comes from God himself. Like, so in order for you, us to realize who we are as people, we have to go to God. So I want to explain. Somebody say purpose. Purpose. Calling. Calling. Purpose is the reason you were created. Calling is your designated function. Purpose is the, somebody say reason. Reason. I'm gonna walk you through this, okay? I still need you to communicate with me. This is class, because it's gonna set some of you free. There are gonna be some 68 year olds in this room. They're gonna get really spry, because you're gonna realize you have more life, because now you actually know who you're supposed to come. Somebody say purpose. purpose. Somebody say calling. calling. Calling is your designated function. Some of you are called to be doctors, some are called to be teachers. Some are called to be stay-at-home parents. Some are called to be basketball players, to play in sports. Some are called to be singers. Look at your neighbor and say, that's your function. But it's not who you are. We need to deconstruct this conversation of people saying, I am a singer. No, you sing. I am a pastor. No, I pastor. Because if if, if the enemy can get you to lay hold of your calling... You will misidentify the gifts that God has given you to be good as your characteristic traits. But the minute that I start to claim this calling as my own, God takes the gifts. I'm not able to teach up here because I'm good in it. I've responded to the call that God gave me. Responding to the call gave me characteristics to be able to speak to you. If I ever take on this calling and I say, I am a pastor, I am the pastor, what I'm telling God is that I'm sufficient by myself. So there are a lot of people in the church. I see you, OG. There's a lot of people in, our, in, in the world that are frustrated because they're asking God, why won't you give me more? And God says, well, you've, you've taken hold of the calling that I gave you. You've self-prophesied that you are something that I could only reveal to you, and you're giving it to people as it, is, as it is yourself. The pandemic really shed a light on everybody trying to be called to everything. People were not secure with themselves, so everybody created an online course, and they're not good. a week and you copy and paste it from Dr. Moreau or Dr. Martin. And I know it because I paid the price just to look at it. So everybody wanted to create a course. Everybody wants to be an expert at something. Everybody wants to be able to say, come to me, give me your money, but we've never actually finished anything. It's just that we were not self-secure in ourselves and we became bored. When your spirit becomes bored, your hands become sweaty by doing things you shouldn't be touching. My granny says it this way. She says that idle time is the devil's play place. So the longer that you don't know who you are and what you're doing, you can try your hands at a bunch of different things and never become good at them. And now what you have become is a jack of all trades and a master at none. But what God would rather you do is throw potential away of what you could be good at and ask him, God, what is the one thing I'm good at? I was talking with Tina a couple days ago, and she was talking about how people tell her, like, don't put all your eggs in the same basket. And I don't think that that's true. I think I'm going to put all my eggs in the same basket because I have the, the ability to go get more eggs. It missed you. It went over your head. I'm putting, I'm going for broke. If this doesn't work, I want, it to, I want to fall so flat on my face that you know it wasn't me in the beginning. Like, I don't want to have all of these different plans because what I'm telling God is like, yes, you called me to that, but let me hold some of my eggs to devise over here just in case that don't work out. No, if this does not work, if pastoring does not work, I'm going to fight through my pride picking up cans on the street. I don't need no 20-day no fast that you pay $200 for in a week. No, if this is what God has called me to do, then this should be sufficient enough for me. Well, Pastor Joshua, what about people that have side businesses? No, no, no. That's cool. It doesn't matter how much you do as long as it's attached to what he called you to do. Okay, let, let me move on. Some might say calling. calling. Calling is your function. Purpose is the reason why you're called. Your purpose is this, to be with God. That's it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to prove it to you. And Dr. Monroe taught this. Pastor Martin's mentioned this multiple times, and I love my dad, man. I, we've had some breakthrough in, like, the past couple of years, in the past couple of days. And I don't know if fathers with sons, fathers with firstborn sons, there's a point in your life, I pray you come to it. it it's very frustrating. <laughs> and you might not like each other, but there's a point where you look at your dad and you're like, okay, oh, we dare now. Now when we're trading blows and we're not hurting each other, but we're training on each other. Like now we're like we're building each other up. And my daddy was talking to me and we were talking about what purpose is. And the only thing that God created you to do on earth was not to start a business. <laughs> it wasn't to sing in front of hundreds of thousands of people. God created man. Your only look at your neighbor say your only purpose. The reason why you were built, the reason why you were fashion informed, like, like fearfully and wonderfully made, was not to create a product, was not to create a way to, 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 to take care of, of, of any type of sickness. That's great. That's your calling. But your purpose, the reason why you're here is to be with God. Point blank period. But if we teach this wrong, Mr. Vernon, we'll have people think that God's presence isn't enough. So I got to get degrees and I got to put stuff on a wall in order to prove ah, I've been purposed to do things. And God says, I never wanted you to have to get plaques. I just wanted you to walk with me in the cool of the day. Yeah. Oh, my God. Okay. Let me, <laughs> your purpose is to be with God. The point of this is to create a sickening relationship with Christ. A relationship with God that makes people like sick. Look at your neighbor and say, you fixing to be sick of me. Can't have no conversation and not talk about my God. Like, it's so funny when people get to spend private time with Joshua, not PJ, and I talk about God. Like they're just like, "Oh, this is for real. Oh, this is for real, real, real. Oh yeah." Going from DMX to Kendrick Lamar, then Hezekiah Walker. Oh, don't play. Nuck if you buck, but I'm gonna get my hands raised sometime. At some point in this playlist, we're gonna worship the Lord. All right. <laughs> The reason why you were created was to forever be dependent on Jesus. We have so many different people that serve in church, and they fell in love with their calling and walked away from their purpose. So so I'm going to step on some toes today. But guess what? I'm free, so if I step on your toes, it's all right. Step on. There ain't no ball and chain on me. Might be bugs on some of you mugs, but there ain't no bugs. Oh, y'all don't remember? Okay, 90, okay. 90s baby. <laughs> If you get attached to your calling, you will take your gifts to places to get praise. And there will not be any presence. I'm called. I'm gifted. I can do stuff. And now I feel like I have to take my gift to people so that they could see it and praise it. But I, they're, only, they're praising me, but God's not there. And everybody's purpose isn't to write a book. We just get jealous because somebody did it and we feel insecure about it. So now we got to start a business. We got to buy a book. We got to get married. We got to buy a house. So you're not supposed to operate in insecurity. You're supposed to operate in somebody's screen purpose. purpose. Your purpose never changes, but your calling does. God can switch up what you're called to in whatever season, but whatever he switches it up to all serves one, 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 reasonable, purpose, one reasonable purpose. Let me prove it to you. Genesis 1.26. And I know we're a kingdom church and you're like, Jesus Christ. Oh, my. No, no, no. It's okay. Just, just stick with me. I'm going to show you something you've never seen before. Look at your neighbor and say, he's about to show you something you ain't never seen before. Then God said, let us make what? Human beings in our image to be like us. Everything we could ever want will most likely be found in the state of being rather than doing. Adam was called to name all of the animals. But God didn't have Adam name all the animals because he didn't know how to name animals. God didn't have Adam name all of the animals in the garden because he was tired. On the seventh day when God rested, it wasn't because he was tired. He wanted to make sure that he showed Adam and Eve how to actually begin their life by resting. God creates Adam and Eve. The next day, he rests with them. Then after he rests with them, he puts them to work. We, we, we just walked through five weeks. How many of you guys had fun in that last series? Okay, you're rested, right? Like, how many of you guys, like, you know what your pattern of rest is? You know how to take a nap now. Like, you have to take, like, two things of melatonin. Like, you have to have two ounces of warm milk, and then you got to, like, spin around three times, hop in the bed, then you can go to sleep. There are some people, you got convoluted reasons to go to sleep. For me, I get in the bed, gone. Like, I'm that rested. Okay. But now that you're rested, we got to figure out where to put your newfound energy. Okay. If Think about this. If your purpose was to do stuff, if the reason why you were born was to do, God would have called you a human doing. It's not deep. If God wanted me to be prosperous and that was supposed to be my identity, he would have called me a human prospering. If you want a pastor to be in my identity, it sickens me. Hi, my name is Pastor. No, your name is Ronald. My name is Joshua. I happen to be a pastor. And I understand that some of you call me PJ, Pastor Josh, cool, all done in honor. But like, my name is Josh. <laughs> but we can start to put our calling in for our first name. But when God calls you, he changes your first name to do only what he wants. Like, if God wanted you to be, if God only cared about what you could do, he would have called us human doings. But he calls us human beings. So maybe the point of purpose isn't to do anything. Maybe it has nothing to do with the energy that you output. Maybe it has nothing to do with the degree. Maybe it has nothing to do with the knowledge you want to put in a book. Maybe it has nothing to do with what you're called to do and has everything to to do with who you're supposed to be. Let me prove it to you. Adam wasn't created because God was tired or couldn't name animals. Adam was fulfilling his calling. And after he fulfilled his calling, it provided him time to be with God. When God created the heavens and the earth, he created everything that you see right here. It was done. Either it was done in its physical form and it was there, or he created the potential power of it inside of itself. Let me explain it to you. When God created the tree, he created money when God created when God created the, uh, the anteater, the saliva in the ant-eater is actually what's used to make penicillin. He created penicillin when he made the anteater. Anything and everything that God ever wanted on the earth, he created it perfectly. What does the Bible say? It says that Adam only had one thing he was supposed to do he was only supposed he was called to name the animals but God told them to be fruitful and multiply Stay with me, stay with me, stay with me, stay with me, stay with me. This is, this is, this is class 303. If it's not elementary, somebody say, this is the kingdom kingdom. Yeah. Which means, and this is where the epiphany came to me. Had Adam been done naming all the animals, there was no more work for him to do because he would have finished his calling. And the only thing there would have been left for him to do was to be with God went over somebody on your head you're gonna get it on your way home you're gonna be eating hog malls and be like man that was great <laughs> <laughs> the point of finishing your calling is so that all you have rest the, the only time that you have left is to be with God I'm really trying to I'm really trying to help you it doesn't matter what you do in your life you have, to, you have to finish what God has given you so that it provides you more time to be with people. Let me break it down to you this way. Do you want to know what bothers you about people that have more money than you? Do you want to know what bothers you with people that have more time than you? They're free and they can afford to do nothing. That's what bothers you. It's not the fact that they're in Bora Bora one week and then they buy four or five tests the next week. It's the fact that they don't have to do anything else to be able to do what they want to do. If you think about it, the best times I've ever thought about with my wife wasn't when I was doing things for her. It was when I was being with her. Like, you're probably not going to remember all the times that I went to go get a glass of water for you. Like, I I do a lot as a husband because you ask a lot, and I ask a lot. It's an exchange. No, 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 that's not funny. No, 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 hear me. See, that's so funny. We are always looking for like the, ah, she asks a lot. No, 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 I ask for a lot too. I'm very needy, but she's equally as needy. So she takes care of me. I take care of her. But you're not going to remember what I was doing. What you're probably going to remember was the state I was in while doing it. Have you ever wondered why you stop asking people for certain things? It's not because you can't do it for me. It's because of the state that you're in when I ask. There are certain people, Miss Nancy. I'm never going to ask to pray for me. Why? Because once God does what He does, they're going to expect I make them a part of the testimony. No. Isn't it interesting that Miss Nancy didn't talk about any of the hundreds of people that were praying for her and her daughter? She only talked about her and her daughter, and it would be frustrating if people that prayed for her said like, "Well, you know, your daughter only got better because of me, baby." What? What? You really think that it was your prayer? Like, she's my daughter. Somebody say, "This is my life." Nobody can care about your purpose more than you. Had Adam and Eve finished their calling, God wasn't going to create more animals for for them to name once they were done. Once they got done naming it, like when he got to all the, okay, X, Y, and Z, oh, zebra. So what are we supposed to do now? Isn't it interesting that in the Bible, in Genesis, it starts talking about God coming to walk with them in the cool of the day after they had done all their work. So now, because I fulfilled my calling, I'm able to walk with God in all the stuff that I've named. We look at people like that and we call them lazy. We look at the Mark Zuckerbergs of the world. We look at like these billionaires and we get frustrated, but they're actually living the kingdom at a better level than the church. Think about what you would do with your nine to five time if you were actually doing what you were called to do. How many jobs would we quit? How many homeless people do you think would actually be on the street if people could afford to do what they're called to do? How many veterans, which is a sickening number, how many veterans, people, because you know, we talk about how patriotic the United States is. <laughs> we love America. We love the flag. But then we have people that fought for this country that are dealing with schizophrenia down the street. Well, are you a Democrat or or Republican? I really don't care. I come from a kingdom. But if you said that you're patriotic, then these people that fought your wars shouldn't have to die on the side of the street high on a drug because they don't know what to do with their brain. How many problems and issues in the world will be taken care of, eradicated, if you could afford to do what you were called to do? My My calling, my purpose is to be with God. My calling is pastoring. I fulfill being with God by doing what he's called me to do well. If you are a stay-at-home mother, you don't have to get a job to fulfill calling. We're living in a time right now where people feel like you have to do more in order to, like, receive praise from people. If you don't do anything else, guess how much your life would change? What if you focus on how you feel? What does money do for you? Yes, it lets you buy things, but it makes you feel secure. What does healing do in your body? It doesn't just make you, like, feel better, but it allows you to be more active. So all God really wants you to focus on is your feelings, not what you're doing. God wants you to live in a life where you don't have to do what you don't want to do no more. We just walked through for five weeks. How many of you told people, like, hey, we're hanging out. Uh, I don't want to come. And then this is what happens, Ms. Denise. Hey, do you want to come over? No. Oh. You, you got something else you want to do? Mm-mm. I just don't want to come. Oh, so your dad's in town. Your dad's in town and you, you got to like pick him up from the airport. Actually, no, my dad is actually in Houston safely. He's, he's fine. He's great. So you don't want to come to my party? No. But you got you to gotta have a reason. I, I do have a reason. Let, let me find it. I don't want to like, you're not just going to come up with some excuse that makes me believe that you don't have something better to do than come to my party. Actually, that's the problem. I have something way better to do with my time than come to your party. So what we will do is we will deny what our spirit actually wants and show up for everybody everywhere and never show up for ourselves. When was the last time you cooked macaroni and cheese for yourself? Not because somebody asked for a birthday? Not because somebody asked for a baby shower. What was the last time you did something for yourself because you wanted to self-fulfill? Like, this makes me happy because it makes me happy. Somebody say, "Uh, I don't remember. It's okay. If you said, I don't remember, we're going to get to it. Is your doing keeping you from being? When Adam and Eve fell, it didn't keep them from doing anything. Please hear me. When Adam and Eve fell... It didn't keep them from doing. The word of God says that they still had to work. They still had to work on the trash marriage because, you know, God, what God calls blessed, we can screw it up. Amen. Just because God gave the initial blessing doesn't mean that it's blessed for forever. You got to work on it. And I can't stand when people talk about this maritally, like, well, they walked away from God and it was their fault. No, no, no. Now Adam and Eve had to work to have matrimony. Okay. But when they fell, it didn't take anything away from them. It didn't keep them from doing anything, but it kept them from being everything. Let me prove it to you. Let me prove it to you. God says what to Adam and Eve? I'm teaching for real. This is a di- I know this is different. You're used to six points, but I really got to talk to you. What did God say to Adam and Eve after he told them what to do? He told them the name of the animals, right? But then what did he tell them to be? He said, be fruitful, be multiplying, be, like, be and have dominion. The minute that Adam and Eve got kicked out of Eden, they were able to do work, but they weren't able to be fruitful. So, so, yes, you can do all this work, keep your little calling if you want it, but now you don't get purpose. We have a bunch of people who are out here in front of everybody, but there's no anointing. What is anointing, Pastor Joshua? Anointing is God's super on top of your natural. So yes, you might be able to sing. Yes, you might be able to drum. Yes, you might be able to write code for a company or be able to write some type of program. Yes, you might be able to put it behind your back through the legs and be able to dunk it. But you have no peace when you go home. And I promise you that there are people that would give away their entire net worth to have peace. Once Adam and Eve were kicked out of Eden, they were kicked out of peace. So you can do all the work that you want, but you can never be in peace ever again. So when we read that scripture again, you got to read it differently. I don't care about what I can do. I'd rather be with him. Once your heart posture is there, I think that's when God says, oh, I can use you. Because it doesn't matter what I give you to do. You'll always want to be with me. doesn't matter how many people I put you in front of. You'll forfeit all of that to be with me. It doesn't matter how good you get on the guitar, Asan, and all the things you'll be able to do. You'll be able to write for people. You'll be able to write for Kendrick Lamar and play in front of hundreds of thousands of people. But God wants to know, are you going to give up this stage just to be with me? If you don't do another thing, is being with me enough? In our premarital classes, we had to talk about it. And if you haven't done premarital classes, you should probably do premarital classes before you even get engaged. Like you should do your personal counseling to figure out if you're sane. Do your blood work to know what you carry. That's crazy. Do you want to have kids and know what, they're, what you're producing? You need to have a blood test. Unless you don't want to, whatever. That's cool. Counseling for both of you. Then you should probably do counseling together. They started asking us questions like this. That's cool. You guys have all these dreams and aspirations. That's so cute. Oh, that's the house you want to live in. Awesome. Would you still love each other if you were in a box? If you couldn't do all the stuff that you want to do, Joshua, would you still choose to be with her? Changes the question. I don't know. When you start to ask that question, you'll begin to realize that you don't love some things as much as you think you do. I love my family. What if y'all never go on another trip? Ooh. Ooh. What if you don't get a bigger house? Because pastors talk about this all the time. The bigger house just gives you more a pop, a potential to be further away from each other. That's good. That's good. Think about it. Some of y'all text your kids in another room right now. Dinner ready? When was the last time you had a meal with your family where you took it out? Oh, y'all door dash, huh? I knew it. I knew it. Yeah, she looked straight down. She said, oh, yeah, that's me. <laughs> It's not about doing things for God, but it's about who you are becoming while doing what, you, what he asked you to do. Prove to you a point. Can you show my art real quick? So, this is me. I look honorary, don't I? You would, everybody always says, I wanted to, to babysit him. I was a terrorist. So, when we pop out our kids, I hope they look at me just like this. I'm going to be like, God, I hate you, but I love you. I'm so glad you're here. Y'all ready to see our kids? I knew it. I, I knew it. Thanks, guys. All right. This is me. This is me. This is me, okay? My calling at this time was to be a child. It's my calling. That's my function, okay? Okay. But my purpose, the reason why I'm a child, was to fulfill three things. Can you put them up? My purpose is to be imaginative. This is going to set somebody free. It's to be playful it's to be curious for many of you in your lives your mom your dad passed away something happened in a basement or something like that or something happened in your life where you weren't able to be a child i'm destroying strongholds right now so now you're 45 and you're frustrated why you can't be curious well mommy and daddy died when i was seven years old i wasn't able to be a child. My calling was to be a child. This is my function. I'm a baby. I'm cute. How many of y'all got to watch this kid? He was a good kid, wasn't he? No, he wasn't. He was terrible. All y'all. Like. <laughs> Miss Nancy didn't even know me then. She said, you weren't. Miss <laughs> <laughs> Dana over there blushing. She said, I had to whoop that one a couple of times. Okay, this is actually on. This is, this is taken at your house. <laughs> Don't cry. If you cry, you owe me a dollar. My function was being a child. But the only three things I had to do as a kid. Was be curious, playful, and imaginative. It would destroy your spirit at your age. How old are you, sweetheart? 14? You are not responsible for doing in another season what your parents are called to. Let me help you out. And I know your dad, so we can do this. There's a reason why your dad probably doesn't want you to have a job. Because as you're a child, your responsibility is not to be responsible. What do we do to children? When we tell them you need to get a job, you are disrupting the purpose and the plan of God for children. We tell children by the time you're 18, you better get a scholarship. So now your child plays a sport, but they were actually called to be a dentist. I'm destroying strongholds. I don't care if you don't say nothing because it's good to me. Once I completed that, the imagination that Joshua has at 29 was built at four. (sighs) How curious I am. And the staff said, amen. (laughs) It's not because I didn't become curious. I was curious. And I was born in a safe environment to be imaginative. My parents never tore down my imagination. Thank you. Like my brain, because it was never constricted and restricted, I think about what if we had church on the moon? My parents didn't apply logic to that as a child. Isn't it interesting that being a child, my purpose is not to be logical. Your children are not logical. They believe you could take them to Bora Bora, Jamaica, and the moon at the same time. All at the same. They believe it because they're not logical. But you can disrupt their purpose when you tell them to actually get a, a, a to get an identification with. Uh, oh my God! Help, help, help me, Holy Spirit. We destroy our children. We destroy ourselves when we try to develop something in a season that we're not called to. Look at your neighbor. Say, "Stay a child." It's the next part of my life. After I became a child, I think I kind of mastered it a little bit. I fell a couple times, you know. You know, you wet a couple beds here and there, you eat a couple boogers, you know. You're a child, deal with it. The next stage of my life was becoming a student. My calling was to be a, somebody say, a student. But it's not about doing homework. It's not about studying. It's not about finding the right degree path. I was called to be a student, but my purpose for becoming a student was these three things. It was to be a steward. All your children are learning when they go to college is how to manage their time. Their money, their resources, and their rest. Think about it this way. Your professor doesn't really care if you learn about geometry. They don't really care if you learn about astronomy. What they're trying to do is press on you how to manage your life in four years. This is the reason why you have homework assignments that have due dates, because it teaches you that if you don't pay this money on time for your rent at the due date, we're cutting your lights off. And there's no extra credit for lights, be- how many of y'all, how many of y'all been there but don't, don't be prideful. You had your lights cut off because you thought you could do an extra, an extra uh, credit assignment. Well, can I pay you tomorrow? No, your lights are off today. Charging your phone in the hallway. Come on, dog. Come on, man. Anyway, let me move on. I was called to be a student, but what being a student did is it taught me to be teachable. Some of you will never get to the next level of your life because you believe you know everything. Nobody can teach you. Nobody can bring other ideas. Every time you talk to people, you remind them of how long you've been doing it. You remind them of how, much, how you got the title. And God says, like, hey, I can't use you because you have never been teachable. How can, and and it's, I can't teach you how to be teachable at 75, Joshua. You can't teach an old dog. New tricks. So that's why God called you to be a student. And every single one of us is a student. The other thing that I was supposed to do is become inquisitive. The reason why you become a student, and this is why I loved my teachers that weren't frustrated with me, because I was the student that asked questions. Two plus two equals four. Why? Because it does. I know it does. But why? And what I realized is a lot of my teachers didn't know. Every person that presents themselves to you as an expert isn't. They just know how to teach sometimes. Two plus two, carry the one, carry the five. But it's just like, isn't it interesting that the people that write a lot of these books and have a lot of these classes on finances don't have anything? Which means that the principles work, but they've never worked the Let me move on. Next. Somebody say calling versus purpose. If this is good, clap once. Once I mastered being a student, I was able to be imaginative. I was able to be playful. And one of the reasons why I know we have a great marriage Is because childhood Joshua is able to come into my marriage. Please hear me. I'm not looking for Vanessa to be my mother because child Joshua had a great one. So what does that do? That takes away the pressure of Vanessa taking care of a broken man. I'm setting some, that's why you're so quiet. It's okay. It's okay. I'm all right. If you don't say nothing for the rest of the year, I don't care because I know I'm called to do some stuff and I know I'm fulfilling purpose right now. And my job is to make you so irritated that when you leave out of this place, you got to make a decision to change your life or leave. But I pray that you change your life. Don't Don't leave. Don't leave. Don't leave. Don't leave. Now I'm called to be a husband. And it's, this is the most amazing thing. This is the most amazing thing I've ever done in my life. Being married to you is like the dopest thing I've ever done in my entire life. Being married to you makes this easy because I can fight up here, fight in the office, fight at Lincoln, fight with teachers, fight with all these people in the community that want to do stuff and say that they love AWC and they love PJ, but I don't need them to love me because you do. Like... Being married to you is more important than anything we would ever do in our marriage. You're more beautiful than Jamaica. You're more beautiful than the sunrises that we've seen. You're more, like, you're better than any food that we've ever had that tastes good. And now, because I'm married to you and I'm being with you, I can do anything. Did you, did you see that? Did you see that? What if you talk to your children like that? Being your daddy is the most important thing. Being your mother, there's, there's no better job. Because I get to be your father, I can do anything rather than I got to do all of this because I got to be with you. No, it changes everything. You know why daddy has to go to work? Because y'all decided to swim real fast. I'm glad you're here, but not really. Like, it's just like, that's what you're telling your kids. Somebody say freedom. Freedom. Call to marriage. And anybody that desires to be married. Now that I know how it feels, I pray you reach it. Because it's better than anything you'll ever do. I really, 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 really wanted to see Michael Jackson, but being with her is more important than anything else. It says, anybody happy to be married? Like, this is like the best, oh, whoa, whoa, Jesus. That brother said, eh, let me, on. so I said calling, I love you, girl. Calling, my calling was to be married. My calling is to be a husband, but being a husband Is actually turning me to become somebody different. You want to know how your marriage is healthy? And I'm talking to people that have been married as long as I have. But there's wisdom here. You want to know how I married the right person? She forces me to become who God told me I was going to be as a child. That's how I know I married the right person. Because remember when I told y'all I spoke that message that says, I almost quit? That was actually a personal statement that Joshua was preaching to you. Because your boy almost quit. But my wife actually put her hand on the small of my back and began praying in the spirit. when She thought I was asleep. And I'm not the type of person to tell you stuff to give you goosebumps. No. Two o'clock in the morning, last week on like a Thursday, I felt her praying for me with holy oil and tears. And I couldn't tell the difference in between the two. And she said, you can't quit. Why? Because she's... Forcing me to become who God wants me to be and not who will provide for her. But then we can fight in marriage because we tell our spouse, Well, you won't be who I want you to be. That wasn't my calling. My calling is to be who God called me to be. Being with you is a privilege. God could take you away from me at any point in time. So I'm not going to put all my, eggs in, all my eggs in your basket. I'll put all my eggs in God's basket. Matter of fact, let's put both of our eggs in the same basket. All right. Y'all tired. Let me get up out of here so y'all can make it to your pizza or whatever. Somebody say calling versus purpose. Call to be married. But it's actually making me become more protective. And not just of My wife. Of every woman that's around me because once I married Vanessa I saw that every unmarried woman is a potential wife to someone (laughs) we were walking in New York one day walking real fast you know exactly what I'm talking about Aaron and my mom was having trouble like it was uneven and she was having trouble walking this guy bumped into her and I said a bunch of stuff I wasn't supposed to and if that makes you feel some type of way you said some stuff when you stubbed your toe this morning using the restroom at four or something there I called him several things in the Holy Spirit. I pushed him into the street. My dad, my mom was like, "Oh God, why could you do that?" But my daddy looked at me like, "Mm-hmm." <laughs> why? Because now he knew. Oh, that dog is in you. Okay. Now I can trust. Now another man can trust you with his, because you've taken care of mine. I feel like we're in a season where as you're taking care of somebody else's stuff, you're a manager, you're a person that's a middle manager in between people, all God is watching is, do you have the integrity to take care of something that you'll never get the full benefits of? I know you only get paid $15 an hour. I know they can't pay you what you're worth. But before I give you something and make you a business owner, can you take care of another man's something? Because how you take care of somebody else's something will prove how you'll take care of yours. Somebody say, hey, amen. Amen. Marriage is calling me to become selfless. When my wife asks me to get water and I don't get it, it tells her something. doesn't matter how tired I am. doesn't matter how frustrated I am. What the Holy Spirit has now teaching me is that in marriage, Joshua, how many times has Vanessa been dog tired and she did it for you? Last night, Vanessa worked from 7 o'clock in the morning. Well, you got up at 4 and then you came home around 7.30. She had made me a promise, hey, I'm gonna bring dinner home. Now, mind you, my wife is dope. The fact that she's willing to go and work in medicine and take care of sick babies all day, some of them don't make it. Like, a baby will pass away in a room. She'll cry with that family, wipe it off, and go and deliver somebody else having a baby. Do you, like, do you, I just walked out of death. I just told a parent, your baby's no longer here. But this person that's giving birth, I can't bring that in there. That'll preach right there. There is some stuff you can't be in every room because you bring the spirit of what's in that room into something else that God wants to birth. Like just everything's dying around me. You can't go and help every dying situation because, Miss Annette, what'll happen is that you'll bring that dying spirit into something that God wants you to push out. But last night she came home. Is this okay? Am I wasting y'all's time? So she came home. And she, immediately when she walked through the door, she said, ah, dinner. Ah, dinner. Now, in my head, I'm like, yeah, dinner. I'm hungry. Being honest, (laughs) this is my human. I'm being honest. And any of you older, I love it when older people try to tell me what to do in my marriage. Because you've been me multiple times. I thank you for your wisdom, but don't forget old school. It was was you too. (laughs) She walked in the room. She looked at me. She said, I'm going to make good on my promise. She's already worked 12 hours. She's worked 12 hours, been up for 15. But she ordered the food. She went, got the food, came back. I was crying because I was selfish. Joshua, you've been home. Saturday is your Sabbath. You've been home all day. And you had her go and get those burgers based off of a principle. Hmm. Okay, Joshua. What if I judged your life based off a principle and not grace? I'm like, okay, bro, I'm just hungry. (laughs) Being called to marriage is actually making me more understanding. Do you know how many married couples I had to forgive because I was ignorant as a child? I used to think that divorce was demonstrative. It's like, oh, you got divorced? You didn't marry the right person. And then I realized, Ms. Bohannon, sometimes people bury the right person. But sometimes it just doesn't work out for certain reasons. Being married, I've, we've walked through so many small things that other people got divorced for. But now I can get it. Do you understand what I'm saying? Like, I can get how people can be called up into ministry and then walk through a transition and be like, you know what? I'm through. Why? Because now I have understanding because I'm called to the same thing. Let me help you out. Stop getting frustrated when people don't understand what you're walking through because they're not called to the same thing that you are. Stop getting marriage advice from people that are not married. Stop getting motherly advice from women that have never walked through either pushing that baby out or cutting that baby out or adopting a baby. Regardless of how that baby came, look at your neighbor and say, it's yours. Can't stand that. Well, you didn't push out the baby, so you don't know what it means to be a mother. Now you've just discredited what that baby needed. Had she not been able to adopt that baby, that baby wouldn't have had a mother. Like, we got to stop destroying people's lives because we don't understand. Somebody say, understand. Last one. Now I figured all that out. Now I'm called to be a brother and a son. I realize that the only reason why I'm actually able to love Vanessa the way that I love Vanessa is because God blessed me with a little girl named Callie. Now listen, okay? Callie built different, but the way in which she's built, once I got over it, set me up to be with her. You want to know how I know? Because now when people come to the crib, I don't exist. My mom walk in the house, eh, Vanessa, everybody. Whenever I'm talking to people on the phone, they talk to me in a really deep voice. As soon as I hear her, oh, hey, tell Vanessa I said hi. Let me point somebody out. Kevin Thomas. Kevin Thomas will call me to talk about business. He's the chairman of the board. Can we just say thank you? Thank you, Mr. Kevin. So much, Elder Kevin, for taking care of us. He fights battles that you will never see. He leads our board. No, for real. Thank you, Elder Kevin. Thank, y'all got, Thank you for helping me. There are so many situations, I would have been dead had it not been for you. I wanna make sure that when you go on to glory, like you're not gonna live forever, but when you get up there, just tell him, Josh, love me, just please tell him. Because AWC is what it is because of who you are. Everybody say thank you, thank you. Thank you so much, thank you. There's a bunch of people I could do that for, but that was in my spirit. But Kevin, when I talk to Kevin, it's a deep voice. I don't know if you guys know this, Kevin's not always Mr. Wonderful. Kylan, am I lying? Ron, am I lying? Jenna, am I lying? Kevin will talk to me some types of ways. Sometimes I'm like, this man doesn't love me. There's no way. Let Vanessa come on the phone. Vanessa, I'm like, where did those registries come? How did you jump (laughs) 10 octaves? (laughs) Being a brother and a son is a calling. But bring a brother and a son has actually turned me into becoming somebody different. Being a son to Martin and Linnell has actually called me to be submissive. I am the lead pastor of AWC, but I submit more than I lead. <laughs> Where's the? Key? I do more of this, what would you like to do? Then this is what I'm going to do. Because I'm in a family. That's the reason why some people can't submit, because they haven't been in the right structure to be able to submit. Like, everything in their life has been shut down. So, for me, I am called to be Callie's brother. But what it's actually done is it's made me become patient because we're polar opposites. Callie moves like this. I move like this. I'm slow and methodical. I think about, I'm a very great thinker. Callie, if it doesn't make any sense, it doesn't make any sense. And I used to like be frustrated with her because I'm like, I don't move that fast. But now in this season of our life, we're perfectly positioned because of our parents' plan where I, my parents built a world for Joshua where he can move like this. And Callie, they built a world for her where she can do this. But now because I know how to struggle with my family, I've never been frustrated with a boss. How many of you, you work with people, you hire people. One of the reasons why they can curse you out and show up late is because you're the first person to set those priorities in their life. The first time I had to show up, it's okay. Y'all look like y'all sleep. I really just want to help you out. Okay. Okay. Because many of us are brothers and sisters, but we're not patient with our family members. The other thing that's causing me to become is more inclusive. Martin is so frustrating at times because all Martin cares about is if we're all together. And if you know me, I'm like a maverick. I like going at it alone. I like killing David by myself. And dad says, well, we all got to pick the rocks for the sling. And then when you wind it up, give us all a try. And I'm just like, we're moving too slow. I want to kill Goliath now. While we're waiting, he's killing people. Right? Right? But dad wants to make sure that we always include every person. So being a child, being married, being a student, and being a son actually has called me to be a better pastor. I'm trying to set this for you. Because God allowed me to become a bunch of things, I can do one thing really well. I know for a fact I am called to be a pastor. you want to know? And thank you. Thank you so much. Isn't it it funny? They're the only two that clap. Thank you. Let's go to lunch today. Everybody else is like, hmm. (laughs) <laughs> go to my next slide, please. I'm going to finish this sermon later. I got so much more to share with you, but I'll share with you later. Uh, can you go to my next slide, please? Um, being a pastor has called me to become a better person because all of the stuff that I became as a child, as a student, as a husband, as a brother and a son, now I have to bring all of that to the table. But if you have ever been in your life and you weren't able to be a child, you can work really, really hard in your 40s, get the house and only live in it and not know how to play in it. Please, please stay with me. Please stay with me. One of the reasons why your husband and your wife is insecure and can't play is because they never got a chance to as a child. The reason why you struggle with telling the truth to your friends is because you never got the opportunity to be honest and not judged. One of the biggest reasons why you have a lot of money is because you started working at seven, but that wasn't the design of God. God would have rather you be middle class and never have worked as a kid than to have worked as a kid and have everything, but now you're no longer a child. The Word of God makes it very, very simple. It says, come all to me just like children. How do children act? Anybody got grandkids? Your grandkids don't care what you do. They just want to be with you. My granny, we would go see my granny, and we, my granny, old school country. She would, (laughs) I'm sorry, granny, I know you watch it. (laughs) She would get up an old T-shirt, white T-shirt. It's brown now because she's been using the same T-shirt for years she get that pine saw. <laughs> and in my grandparents' house, there's a bunch of wood everywhere. And as a grown adult, it's cool because, like, I get to walk by cabinets and tell my wife, this is what, wow. Well, I get to tell her, this is where I bust my head open because she told me to stop running. And you see that dent right there? It's actually right here. You know what I'm saying? She would get that pine saw oil. She would spray it on the T-shirt. And the whole day, all we'd be listening to is Bishop G.E. Patterson, the best preacher to ever preach. If you know what I'm talking about. Can't shake a stick at him. I fight me. I don't want to hear no Joel scene. I love you, Pastor Mike. I love you to death. I I don't want to hear no Bishop Ge will preach you under a chair. He was preaching the kingdom of God in the seventies. Don't play with me with a Jerry curl and it was wet too. Oh, it was. Let your soul glow. I'm telling you, bro. Anyway, my granny would take that piece of rag and she would spray in it pine saw oil, and we would be wiping everything down, and my granddaddy had already went to work because he worked um, as a small engine mechanic, but as she was um, wiping down all the wood and stuff, that's where I learned all these old songs I sing. Yeah. Like, you would think, I go on Google what's an old hymn, <laughs> that I look up the words and sing it. No, no, no. What my granny would do... <laughs> I just realize I'm gonna lose her at someday. That's just oh, I'm glad I had. I'm so glad I have these memories. She would um. Sorry, y'all. Give me a second. She would uh teach me how to um. Polish with the grain. If you don't know, if you have real wood, if you have pine saw, you have to polish with the grain. If you don't, it'll strip the oils out. And as she would be polishing, she would be doing this. Glory, glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yes. Since I laid my burdens down and it wasn't about what we were doing it was the fact that I get to be with her this is my close this whole series is to make you comfortable with just being with God I just want to be that's your purpose just to just to be, just to be with. It. like regardless of what we're doing God if I never move from this spot if you never give me the fancy house, God, if I never even get married, I know some of you are like, oh, I know. But, like, if it never happens, if you never have children, if you, if God never heals you, hey, if he never heals your marriage, are you okay with just just being with him? I'm okay with being with you. Sorry, I'm sorry. There's some people in the room. You want God to fix the issue. So, God, if you could fix this issue. And God's like, I can fix the issue, but are you okay? If it never happens, would you be okay right here? Would you be all right? If I never save your son from the streets, if I never save your daughter from drugs, if I never do any of it, are you okay with just being with me? And we have a bunch of people killing themselves because they feel like they have to do something for God and they're not okay with just being with him. And I'm a better pastor today because I, my parents afforded me the opportunity to be with my grandmother. The reason why I know all of these scriptures is because my parents used to drop me off at a person's house, like Miss Alice, my, my mother woods. as a child. This is the reason why when she talks back to me, you don't understand it, but we got history. Yeah. God. Yeah. Do you understand what I'm saying? And I think that's all God wants to know. Are you, is this okay with you? I know you got aspirations. I know you could be the, the, I know you could be the president. I know you could go to the NFL. I know you could go to the NBA. I know you could become married, but if none of that happens, if it doesn't happen, are you still okay with just my presence? Are you okay with that? Because at the end of your calling, it's me. Your purpose is fulfilled once you die and go to heaven. Because that's all you're going to do. You're going to be with him. Really quick. If you're married, can you just grab the, the, your, your wife's hand, your husband's hand? If you're single by yourself, grab yourself. If, if you have somebody that you love that's next to you, just grab them. Grab your son. Grab your daughter. Grab some. If you feel inclined and you see somebody by themselves, ask them and just look at them and just say, I'm okay. If nothing, If nothing changes. Look at yourself. I know you're going. You got. You might have a mental something you're dealing with. You might be dealing with depression and anxiety. And everybody, we talk about all these sermons. I apologize and repent. We talk about all these sermons about becoming healed and being set free. But if it never happens, are you? Tell, give yourself permission, God. If I never get over depression, if I never get over anxiety, like I am, I am okay. I'm okay, just being with you. And as I was. Writing the sermon. Did this help anybody today? As I was writing the sermon, there was a song that kept like coming into my spirit, and the words changed. Uh, but it made me very, very, it, it, it helped me out. You, you guys know the song? It goes, uh, Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see you. I want to see you. That's actually really high. Can you drop that down? Y'all saw me straining. All y'all vocal coaches was like, he, I saw the veins. (laughs) And as I was singing this song, the Holy Spirit was like, hey, uh, change the words. So rather than saying, I want to see you, tell me how much you need me. Have you ever told your family members how much you need them? Like, I actually need you. Have you ever told yourself in the mirror, I actually need you. We beat ourselves. We're good at beating ourselves up. But when, when were you ever honest with yourself? When, instead of trying to go to the gym and eat right and destroy your body, when was the last time you looked at the mirror at your body and you said, thank you for carrying me for 30 years. Like, I know my weight's up and down. I know you had a couple of babies. I know you got scars in certain areas. Like, yeah, you don't look how you looked at 20, but you carried me. Thank you. Here it is. My hope for each and every one of you is that you become okay just being with God. Regardless of what you walk through, regardless of what you will walk through, if nothing changes in your life, that you're okay with it. And this is the altar call. There are like 10 people in the room. And please... It won't embarrass me if you don't come because I know in your heart you're standing up. So I doesn't somebody asked me like when people don't come up, how's it make you feel? Nothing. I don't I go home and sleep like a cat. Like I pray for them still because I feel you here. Okay. But there are ten people in the room. You're 40, 50, 60, but you never got to be a child. You don't even know how to play. You're married now but you don't know how to be inquisitive. You don't ask questions anymore. Like you just deal with life as it goes. And nobody like, you don't know how to ask the questions anymore. You don't know how to be playful. You're able to go on vacation, but like you're in Bora Bora thinking about work because nobody taught you how to play. I'm gonna wait for you. There are many of you, you've done a bunch in your life. You got a bunch of plaques. You got a bunch of stuff on the wall. You got degrees. But you're still trying to figure out, who am I? There are many of you. You had children. They're out of the house. Now you're you're married. You've been married for 20, 30 years. Your kids are out of the house. You don't even know what your favorite color is anymore. Because all you've been doing for the past 30 years is cutting the crust off of (laughs) PB&J. And now you're older and you're like, who am I? What am I supposed to do? I've been raising kids for 30 years. What do I like to do? Where do I want to go? Lastly, the altar is open for any person that's tired of doing and just wants to be with God. I'd like to meet you. Everybody, could you stand, please? Everybody, could you stand? You happy you came to church today? Okay. Praise God. We're going to have some people that are going to come and pray for you, pray with you. Um, And as they come, the folks that are praying, are they here? Good to go? Let's ask a specific question today. What could I, like, ask, uh, what do you want to stop doing? (laughs) Some people want to stop worrying. Some people want to stop being frustrated. Anybody want to stop doing some stuff and just be?